Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Into the Unknown. Hello. In today's episode, what did you say? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> It's just me and you, Charlotte, again, which is nice. We have some guests on in a couple of weeks, which is going to be great. And I know you guys are going to love those episodes. But today, what we're going to talk about is uh, two things that, um, well, one thing that I haven't really done, uh, which is meditation. Uh, but one thing that we've both done and we both kind of try and practice on a regular basis is reflective practice or kind of journaling uh you know kind of tar it with the same brush so just out of interest did you journal this morning <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you're asking me this because you journaled this morning. <laughs> no i literally but, um, i've just finished yeah yeah no i i uh, i tend to do my journaling and and meditation and mindfulness stuff sort of in the evenings yeah and i I think that's just how I've I've found that I get the best out of me, and I think it's because in the evenings I'm a little bit more, um, I guess, emotional in, in the sense that I'm more like in tune with with my emotional side and what I'm what I'm thinking, and and I can sort of reflect on the day. Uh, the other reason I don't do it in the morning is because I like to sleep, so. <laughs> I don't get up any earlier than I I, I need to. But yeah. um, I know you journaled in the morning, but I think, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, what what journaling means to you and what reflective practice and, and sort of mindfulness means to you? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the first time that I came across it really was uh, probably back in 20... Back in 2018, 2019, but the first time that I ever used it properly uh, and I'd say effectively and consistently would have been uh, 2020, I think, in uh, the pandemic when, you know, you had a lot of time and probably less appreciative of, of certain things. Uh, and so I found it was, is, it was a great time to actually prompt, you know, what are the kind of things that I'm grateful for? Um, you know, what have I done today? Like, how can I be better tomorrow? Like asking myself kind of all those questions on a daily basis really helped me be productive through that pandemic. Uh, and really a lot of that stemmed from taking, you know, I got massively into stoicism uh, at the tail end of 2019 and it grew even more in 2020. I kind of, got fed into that through uh kind of psychotherapy and cbt so cognitive behavioral therapy is is a form of like uh i guess psychotherapy you're just sort of talking about your problems and trying to find a way through them the best way to describe it would be and i said this to you was sometimes you it's difficult for you to kind of navigate through certain situations or challenges experiences and uh, my therapist basically said to me that cbt is like giving you a map of the game where you can kind of see and figure out where you need to go uh and i, and I thought that was really apt especially considering that i love my video games but you know the stoics used to journal all that that was their thing you know a lot of the stuff that you read in meditations is essentially the Marcus Aurelius wrote that essentially just his journal entry, you know, his kind of way of thinking and his day-to-day -day life and some of the things that he would say to himself or say to others to be better. Uh, and so that's really where I came across. It was, you know, the Stoics and through CBT. Um, yeah. What about you? Nice. No, I didn't realize the, the Stoics journaled. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've Matt. never read. I've never read Aurelius and and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, even like let's. I'm assuming it's not stuff like our oh, dear diary. 
No, I, I think journaling is a little bit different. It's weird because although it has the same name, like writing in a journal or a diary versus actually journaling, I feel like although you could probably still get quite a lot from just writing in a diary, like dear diary today, I kissed a boy and it gave it. butterflies down there. Um, <laughs> that's a separate issue. No, um, But yeah, I think it, it's more about ref, like we're going to go into it, kind of reflective practice and how to use that and how that can make you better and maybe just sort of like more in tune with how you feel and how you maybe deal with certain situations better than others um because because ultimately you know there are gonna there there are gonna be times where we are challenged and there's gonna become a time where maybe we didn't handle a situation as well as we should have but that's okay like we're only human right so at the end of the day sometimes i mean we are ruled by our emotions which is you know it, it can be very difficult when someone pisses you off to kind of ignore that and just go ah oh, you know sometimes your first kind of trigger reaction is just like oh, you know get back at them or whatever yeah uh and so i think sometimes writing that in your journal kind of gets you to understand like why did you get upset rather than just say oh because he annoyed me okay yeah, yeah that's fair enough that's a valid reason but why did that annoy you because there must be a deeper reason. Is it because maybe he hurt your ego or because you perhaps have a soft spot about that? Um, you know, it's kind of getting to understand what those triggers are and kind of how to almost not necessarily ignore them, but how to better handle. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, for sure. Um, and how to deal with it as well. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I think that just being... I guess for me, it's a way of of um, improving your, improving my awareness of of myself and and my thoughts and my feelings, yeah. and then in turn my actions. And like you say, like when when something happens or someone says something to me, and I I get certain feelings about it, it's a good way of okay breaking that down and understanding why I feel certain ways about some things, why I get you know I, I, certain emotions get triggered, and I think that's the sort of steps that I am taking to accepting those things and, and learning to, to manage it. Um, and so in terms of journaling, I, I came across it actually through my sports therapist, sports psychologist. This was sort of, must've been 2017, 2018, when we first started working together. And, and he's very much about, and, um, you know, psychology in general is very much about reflection and about reflecting on previous experiences and also reflecting on how uh, something made you feel um, or, or an effect that uh, uh, an event had on you and that sort of thing. So I would come to the sessions and I really like struggled to sort of look back at, say, a competition or training or, or myself, like previous events in my life. I'd struggle to kind of look back at them and, and put into words like how I felt about it and, and the effect that it had on me and, and my emotions at the time and things like that. And so he always, he, you know, he talked about you know, talking to myself and having and putting time aside to, to just sit down or lie down or whatever, be comfortable and, and talk to myself about what happened, talk to my, talk to my mind about about how I feel and the effect that an experience has had on me and that sort of thing but I found that I guess extremely difficult um it wasn't something that came naturally to me you know I just thought it was a bit weird like talking yeah, to yeah. myself and I couldn't find that inner voice or like separating myself from from the inner voice if that makes sense so there wasn't really a dialogue so when I told him that he was like, okay, we'll write it down. Just write down how you feel. And so in the beginning, it was very much just free form, like, because I know that when you journal, you have some set questions that you ask yourself. Um, whereas, especially when I started, it was just blank sheet of paper, just fucking write down anything that comes to my mind. 
And so the first time I did it, it was like two lines. I didn't know what to do. Um, but it was really interesting. I found the more that I did it and the more that I got into a routine of, of journaling and just sitting down and in general, just calming down, looking inwards um, yeah. and reflecting on, on things and how I've been feeling and how, how like w- what happened today and how do I feel about it? Certain things that I did that I was happy about or I wasn't happy about. The more that I did that, the more accepting I was of allowing myself to do that. If that makes sense. And Absolutely. to the point where I, cause I was sort of taking pictures of what I wrote down and sending it to him. Um, so we had something to talk about in the sessions yep. to the point where I had like pages and pages and he was like, oh, I didn't really have time to read everything because <laughs> you wrote so much. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how my journey into journaling began. But in terms of like mindfulness and stuff, it I, I had to think about this the other day and, and I didn't realize at the time, but yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to be taken back to, you know, 11 year old Yushan. Um, my dad was very big into mindfulness and he, you know, he had a, a big phase of being a Buddhist. And so he took away a lot of Buddhist practices with him into his life. And I guess it was things that he was trying to teach me as well. And I didn't realize at the time what it was, to be honest. But I remember I had a competition coming up that I was really nervous about. And so he was like, okay, lie down on the bed. And he got me to do sort of deep breathing and um, what I realize now to be mindful breathing. Um, And then just guided me through visualizing um, the competition. And I was like, I I kind of opened my eyes like, wow, this is, is really powerful like I, I don't feel so nervous anymore and now I look looking back now like that is basically that's guided meditation and visualization right um but yeah and then I guess the tail end of 2016 I read a book called Waking Up by Sam Harris and it was basically about about meditation and and mindfulness but in a abstracting that and removing that I guess from the religious context um, into a method that everyone in the world everyone you know in a secular world can use and I found it I, I took away a lot of things from that book of realizing that there is that inner self that talks to you and if you don't address that or you don't interact with it or manage it then that thing is just chat and shit at you the whole day and you're just listening to it most of the time I wasn't even aware of what was going on like I wasn't aware that there was this inner voice that was influencing my thoughts my feelings my behaviors um but then through meditation I I was able to kind of see this inner voice and look the inner voice in the eye and be like okay well let's let's handle this together and and from then on I think obviously I'm very very far from perfect and even far from perfect in my in my practices of reflective practice and meditation but I think it has really helped me sort of become more aware of myself and um, become more sort of in tune with how I feel and understanding of certain things that I feel to do and in turn be better able to manage it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, go. I think going back to what you said about when you first started, kind of maybe made me reminisce and think back to when I, when I first started journaling. You know, I was never really the sort of person to have a diary. To to be honest with you, I was yeah, I was never really the sort of person to ever sort of reflect back on past experiences or bad or good memories. And, uh, you know, kind of come to, I guess, acceptance of certain things. Uh, It was more just a case of, right, okay, well, that's happened. So let's deal with it now and then see what happens in the future kind of thing. Um, Which can always be a bit difficult because you do have that, you know, you have that memory 
And if a certain thing happens again, you're like, it kind of triggers those memories and you think, oh shit, how did I deal with this last time? You know, it's always quite difficult because it's hard to access. What did I do? You know, what, what could I do to better anyway? But yeah, it made me laugh when you said that you, you just wrote two pages because I was very much the same, which is why I now have a structure to my, to my reflective practice or my journaling, because I found that I, I was continually asking myself the same questions. And so I figured, well, if I'm writing about a similar thing, is, is it just worth sticking with that same structure so that I can just get out as much information as I can was, rather than just kind of having no structure and potentially just writing nothing? Because I find journaling is is great if you just want to write down you know pages like you did and pages but for other people they need to have those prompts and everybody's prompts will be different I'm sure you know some people's might be the same some people's might have similar but to be honest with you I've I usually find that writing a, around a couple of areas something like to-do list writing down goals i know people might not think well that's not journaling well i would highly disagree because you're reflectively thinking about what you need to do during the day which is setting your intentions on right today is focus even if you haven't written that if you have a to-do list if even if you just do one thing it doesn't have to be massive it could even be like i don't know wash the bed sheets or something like that if that's the only thing you do in the day and you've written it down and you've ticked it off at the end of the that's day. That's a big day. That's a big day. Well, it is for some people, you know. It is for some people. <laughs> it uh, is for me. It's the one chore that I fucking hate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't like chores at all, but yeah. Uh, ticking that off makes you feel accomplished, even if, it's, even if that is the only thing that you have achieved in the day. Uh, so... I, you know, I always usually start with kind of a to-do list. And then when I first wake up, what I'll usually end up doing will be two things. Number one will be writing my intentions for the day. So basically, um, you know, what, how I would like that day to go, you know, so for example, uh, what I wrote down today was um, to try and be focused even without a structure. So, you know, I'm traveling in Dublin at the minute and I'm going to be getting on a plane. I've got a few things to sort out. And although I don't really have much structure today, I still have a lot of work to do. So if I can write to stay busy, even without a structure or focused, it kind of makes me think in my mind, okay, I need to stay focused at the job at hand. Um, so I'm not just kind of moving from thing to thing. Uh, and then the third, the third thing in the morning will be basically my mood, how I woke up. I think that's important to kind of appreciate. Sometimes you don't feel the best. I've got a little bit of a cold today. I always have a bloody blocked nose. I don't know why. Um, you know, and sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're fucking full of beans and you're ready to go. And it's important to know that because if you get to the end of the day and you felt like crap, but you actually had a really good day, or maybe you didn't, you can take that into account and say, well, you know, I kind of did feel like this. So it's important to acknowledge. That's such a good point. Exactly yeah, like I you think... said, you're acknowledging your inner voice, you know, you're acknowledging how you feel. And, and I'm not just talking about your mood in terms of tired. I'm talking about like today, I don't feel very productive. Like you know, I woke up and my mind is distracted. It's on too many different things. And I think that's important to write that in the morning because you have to come to terms with your me current mental state. If you don't, then you're never going to learn how to balance that or how to learn from your inner voice as you so rightly put. But yeah, sorry, you wanted to say something. So I'll let you jump in and then. Well, I was just going to say that that last bit, especially that you said about um, uh, just kind of, acknowledging your mood and how you feel and oh, today I feel a bit tired today like bam I'm motivated I'm ready to go I think that's really important and that's something that I've kind of realized that I was waking up every day with the expectation of of 
smashing the day every day to the same level but actually that's not really realistic you know because some days I get really good sleep some days not so much some days a bit I'm a bit more tired maybe I've had a really busy week or I'm stressed about something and and it's just not that realistic to expect myself to perform to the same level each and every day to the same maximum level when <laughs> every day is a little bit up and down so I think it, it's it was more helpful for me to wake up and be like okay what am I today and I like to think of it in terms of like a number because I'm just that kind of guy a little bit OCD and um and so I'm like okay well today I'm probably 80 percent I feel 80 percent good and so then it's then it then becomes my intention to make today a hundred percent of that 80 percent if that makes sense yeah that's um, cool. I like that but, yeah really cool so in terms I'm interested um because you know there are a lot of people myself included and you included that that until a couple of years ago we've 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 not been reflective people and, and mindful people and I, i'm interested to hear your experiences in you know how that has affected your life and how it's affected your sort of mental well-being has it what benefits have you seen and yeah question I think if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have given a slightly different answer given my current mental state. I think if if you knew me, like, you know, obviously you do, I think most people would, would probably describe me as a pretty positive person, um, always kind of looking forward to the future, generally mentally quite strong, you know, resilient, if, you know, you can even attribute resilience to being mentally strong. I'm sure there's a lot of other factors that go into that. But yeah, generally I have, I've never really struggled with, with, with ever feeling sort of anxious or, you know, there's times where I've been sad, but it's, that's definitely not attributed to, um, you know, depression. But for me in 2020 was probably my hardest year to date going into 2021 just because a lot of things happened mostly the pandemic um <laughs> you know but when you kind of sit back and there's that one point where your everything seems to overwhelm you and it's almost like best way to describe it would be like a breaking point for you you know it's the same thing as like if you keep everything bottled up and eventually you're going to have to let some of that steam out because otherwise it's just going to explode and, you know, you don't know what could happen. Uh, hopefully nothing too bad, but who knows? It, I guess it affects people in different ways. But, you know, in 2020, it was the first time really that I'd ever actually acknowledged how I felt in terms of, you know, there were times where I was anxious going into work and I felt so stressed on the bus to work that I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this job anymore. Yeah. And like for people that know how much I love coaching, you know, it's, it, it's basically my life. I, it, it was a, it was a weird place to be. And I don't think I really acknowledged how I could help myself and how that came about. And that is, you know, one of the reasons why I kind of got into journaling in the first place as well is because, I needed to figure out, this is obviously what the therapist kind of suggested, but what I needed to figure out, okay, why am I feeling like this? You know, it's, it's okay that you're feeling like that to acknowledge, okay, I feel like this, why am I feeling like that? But then also kind of going back through the years and thinking like, when did this start and how have I made it get to this point? Like, how is it worse than it was because it doesn't just happen. You don't just, oh, fuck, I'm, you know, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. It, it doesn't just happen. There is always a signature. There's always a trail. And if you, you don't even realize. Most no, you don't that. even. Yeah. yeah. And some people are very good at, at, at figuring that out. I definitely wasn't. And so for me, that journaling for the first couple of months was basically figuring out, like, how did I allow this to get so bad? When did it start? What is triggering it so that, 
in the future, if it happens again, I now have quite similar telltale signs of, oh, okay, I'm starting to feel like this. So maybe I need to back off a few things or maybe I need to focus more on myself and more sleep and maybe actually start saying no to things rather than saying yes to everything. And I don't think I would have figured any of that out if I hadn't have started reflective practice on my day-to-day things, uh, you know, ref- even reflecting on what you've written in your journal has been massive that I've tried to do this year. So I actually have two separate ones. I have a day-to-day one and at the end of the week, I read through my week and then I review my week and it's been so much more That's helpful. Better, Let's go. That's journal, journal. Yeah. You know, it's not perfect. And I don't do it every week. I have to admit, admit that to you. Like sometimes life gets in the way, but sometimes you have to let that happen. Sometimes, you know, if you're going out with friends on a Sunday and you don't have time to journal, like you don't need to feel guilty about doing that. Mm. Like sometimes it that's like you have to let life happen, you know, like it's important to appreciate those things when they happen because you're not always going to have the time or the energy or the ability to go and hang out with friends or spend time with your kids or, you know, enjoy the youth of life, I guess. Because the older that you get, um, you know, you have much more responsibilities, a lot more stress, I'd say, uh, and I feel like I've got a shit less time and bloody hell, like a 24 hour day, 12 hour day is gone. I don't know where Especially the day. Especially yesterday, there was only 23 hours, bro. Mate, um, I felt every single hour. No. <laughs> but yeah, what, but, um, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I, I really resonate with what you're saying. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm also the same. Like I, I still now struggle with, with being kind of, very routine about about journaling and meditating and stuff like that and now i go through periods where i'm really good with it you know i'm very good sort of every couple of days i sit down and i journal and i and i i check in with myself and that sort of thing and then and then other times maybe when i'm a bit busy or or that sort of thing i kind of put it to the side and i think it's really important to remember that things like this is just like just like going to the gym just like training, just just like anything else in life where you have to develop a habit and make it a routine. It's not like you do it once and then you're, you're fixed. You know, it's a practice and um, it's a practice with an S as in it's a, it's a long-term kind of commitment to, to this sort of diligence and routine in, in doing it. But for me, it's helped me massively and I think I I was a little bit the same with uh, as as you were and, and I I was very much someone who didn't didn't reflect you know and and almost to the point where I was kind of looking back now is like it was like denial you know yeah. I wasn't really accepting how I felt because I thought and I'm sure everyone else thought as well that I'm sort of this happy positive guy you know someone who's fun someone who who has a good outlook on life and someone who is is a strong character and someone who works hard you know grafts um is is mentally strong always pushing that kind of thing and that's that's also to be honest how I wanted to come off and how I wanted to everyone else to see me um so but you know as I think coming out of the pandemic now as well I think people have become a lot more aware of 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 mental well-being and their own mental states and kind of come to the realization that it's really not realistic to to expect someone and expect yourself to to be like that 24 7 365 you know it's there's things in life that that affect you things in life that push you one way or another and you know we can't always be that perfect model of ourselves that we want to be and you know when when you're not that person i think um the problem with bottling up which was sort of what i was doing was that like you say at some point 
at some place at some time of your life it will get to you and you know I, I think when we first met as well and and um I I was very much like I I didn't really talk about my feelings or talk about things that were bothering me because I didn't want to come off as looking I don't know um weak or, or you know I um I didn't want to come off too emotional or whatever but you know I was the kind of guy and I think a lot of men I don't want to generalize but I think a lot of men do this and a lot of guys will will resonate with this and maybe it's something that they do as well of like you know even when I'm really sad about something I remember um I had a a time where I was like I lost a bunch of competitions and then I had a breakup and it was that sort of thing and and you know we went we went for coffee or something and you're like how are you feeling I'm like oh you know not great yes these things have been happening but fuck it let's just hit the gym let's just get another coffee and, and you know at, it's it wasn't I never really sat down and and talked to either someone else or even myself about how I was actually feeling and someone explained this to me in in an analogy that I really like of when these things happen when you have these stressors and stuff like that um it's like it's like a, a bottle or a bucket you know they it's getting it's getting poured into it's like water getting poured into a bucket and you're carrying this bucket around and if you don't address it i think that's where the term bottling up comes from um because if you don't address it the the water just stays in the bucket and which is fine like you can carry around a bucket of water for a long time but then things keep getting poured into it and then at some point you know it's going to overflow and that's when and i had i had days like that you know when i just wake up i feel like absolute shit and and or like something really small happens in the day like i'd go to tesco and they haven't got the chicken thighs that i want or whatever and then i just like break down not literally i don't i've never broken down in tesco but do you know what i mean and um I think that is that sort of bucket overflowing and what I've come to realize is that through journaling through reflecting on these things thinking about uh how I feel why do I feel this way how has this experience affected my my thoughts my feelings how I'm behaving um through doing those things it's sort of like alleviating the stress a little bit emptying that bucket um and better helps me to to manage those feelings and those emotions um and the other thing as well and i find this especially through meditation is that it gives me a kind of reality check um brings me pulls me back down to reality the here and now and yeah it it's a really good way of because another another thing that i was doing a lot was i was getting carried away with my with my thoughts and that it comes back to that inner voice again where it's just just fucking rambling on at you you're like oh you need to do this you need to do that this is happening and something small could happen like um i don't know you know i'm at a competition and and someone going cross country before me falls off and then the inner voice is like oh you're going to fall off there you know it's it's a really difficult line it's a difficult course you're not going to ride it properly like that's a really good rider and they fell off that sort of thing and but that's not reality that's not you know your your riding and your plan hasn't changed but that inner voice in you is stressing about it it's mad stressed about everything and you know that is in many ways a, a biologically beneficial part of being a human being because if you think about it you know you need in the jungle you need that voice just to be always like mad stressed all the time about everything to to protect you you know you have I think everyone has that one friend who on a night out they're just like oh we do this we do that bam 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 like they've got the itinerary and as annoying as that person can be and as unhelpful as that person can be you need that you need that friend to get you to the right place at the right time right and yeah. that's the same with that inner voice but the problem comes for me when I don't settle that voice down or I don't manage it um because that's when it overpowers and that's what it it runs away with me and i start going into this place where it's so detached from the actual reality of the situation 
Um, and I think competitions and performance is a really good example of, of this happening. When, say, I'm in the warm-up and someone before me falls off um, or, or, or something like that, and then, uh, yeah, that inner voice just, just runs away 100 miles yeah. an hour saying that I'm going to fall off, you know, I'm not going to ride this well, you know, no one else is. And um, that practice of, of meditating and pulling myself back down to reality uh, does have an influence on day to day and, and influence in the moment of being able to be more aware of that happening and then sort of putting that on hold you know talking to myself like, okay yeah you can think that but let's settle down here and let's think about the reality and so for me as it's something that my psychologist has, has um, suggested as well is to in these practices to think about the reality so give myself a reality check what's actually happening what's around me um what is the situation and not the situation that my inner voice is telling me but the situation that is externally true um, yeah, yeah. and then the second thing is you know be guided by my values so regardless of what is happening what are the things that i can control is my actions and my actions have to be guided by my values. So for example, for me, it's things like putting 100% into what I'm doing, um, doing the things that make me happy and you know, being kind and caring to the people around me, those sorts of things. I find that if I think about what I want to do and I act upon things that are sort of guided by those general values, then in general, I'm good, like I'm doing the right things. And then the third thing is perspective. Um, so like, okay, if I do fall off at this, at this difficult line on the cross country, what's, what's actually gonna happen? You know, I might, um, okay, there is an element of danger in it, but more times than not, you know, you're fine afterwards and it's one competition out of however many this year, which is a season of however many seasons you're gonna have. And if I end up not, if I end up ending my career, then actually there are other things I can do as well. That sort of thing, you know, yeah. um, which I find really powerful. And through the practice of meditation, which for me is just, I, I um, yeah, I start off with just mindful breathing. And I quite often, and definitely when I first started doing it, that was hard enough for me as it was just focusing on my breathing and nothing else but once I kind of have become more sort of uh, I've become better at that practice um, I've found that I've been able to apply it to different times in my life so now kind of when I'm when I start feeling the nerves and in nervous energy in the warm-up for example then I could I do like a 10 second meditation of that those 10 seconds just stopping checking in with myself pulling myself back to reality and that's sort of a refocus or a shift in my focus back to okay what are we doing here what's my plan like what's the you know what are we going to do and so that's sort of been I guess the most helpful part of of my meditation and my sort of reflective practice yeah it's amazing that you bring that up as well because so there's generally like three types of reflective models uh i did some research into this based on you know being a coach for me is not necessarily just about trying to provide fitness strength you know performance to clients athletes just people in general but it's also about learning from each experience and this I've only really started doing this a couple of years where I'm reflecting back on maybe specific sessions that made a difference or even like successful training blocks with athletes that have made PBs or they've like Elsa qualified for the Olympics where I'm like okay first of all how the hell did I do that um, and second of all let's do it again and so you know every experience is a is a learning opportunity and you just mentioned that you're talking about okay what is the goal like what am i doing that sort of thing and actually one of the reflective models is called what 
so it's basically there's three stages you've got what so it's descriptive then so what which is basically like the meaning to the action and then now what which is like a plan of action and so when you mentioned that i was like oh, that's, that's actually a, a model of reflective of reflective practice i generally usually tend to go towards like the gibbs reflective model which is basically i'd say it's more about prompt so essentially if you imagine like a, a circular diagram i can't remember what that's called but i'm just going to call it a circular diagram uh just a circle bro yeah circle isn't it? the first <laughs> thing that you that you have to talk about is the event so what happened you know description of of something so let's say for example it was falling off a horse i fell off my horse the next thing you have to figure out is feelings so how do you feel you know um what were you thinking about when you fell off the horse what were you thinking about after you fell off the horse at first glance you were probably thinking fuck i've fallen off my horse but actually there's a lot more things that go on after you reflect on you know either pre and post event of of what you actually did then it kind of moves on to like the evaluation so what was good about I don't, know, I don't know what was good about the horse i guess you'd say don't fall off the horse again what was bad about the experience um then you have like the analysis part so essentially analyzing what can you take from that experience and use in the future uh then the next there's two more stages i promise i'm almost done then the next stage is like the conclusion so what else what else could you have done pre and post experience, whatever that happened? And uh, how can you improve on that? What, what has it kind of taught you? And then the last thing is obviously the action plan. So it's very similar to the kind of what now, um, so what now what model where, okay, now you've got all of this information, but to be honest with you, it's now fairly useless unless you can put that into action. So the action plan is basically essentially what would you do different and how can you improve for the next time and i've used that a lot in my kind of coaching practice because i found that sometimes you can just go through the motions it's very easy to just go through the motions and i'm sure you you would agree that even sometimes as an athlete people will say to you just focus on the process but sometimes the process is mind-numbingly boring and you don't necessarily learn anything from just going through the process unless something happened, like you miss a lift or you fall off your horse, where it makes you go back to, okay, shit, what did I learn from that experience? Like, what can I take away from that? Not just feel embarrassed, like, write it down. I felt embarrassed that I fell off the horse. Why? Because that triggers a lot of other emotions that you maybe didn't tap into. Um you know, I don't Fear, do ego, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't, I don't do it for everything. I, I, I mean, I haven't got the time to do that, but sometimes you don't write it down. Sometimes you go through that little life cycle in your head within the space of like a couple of seconds, you know, like maybe you miss a lift and you're walking off the platform thinking, Oh, fuck, I feel like an absolute tit now. Like, what did I do wrong? Was it me? Was it out in front of me? Did I swing the bar around? Did I not extend hard enough? okay, if I didn't extend hard enough, then how do I need to get back to that? Now your coach is talking at you saying, you need to extend hard. You've got to tuck this bar in after extending. I know people are like, what the hell does that even mean? But if you're a weightlifter, you know, you'll you kind of get it. But you, know, you go through that life cycle within, if you've got to follow yourself two minutes, which is not a lot of time, but those two minutes are absolutely crucial to make sure that when you go back out there for your second or your third attempt, it's, You've, you're doing it. You've got to go do it. Um, and then, you know, in any case, the action plan would be, right, let's fucking show them what I can do then. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. don't miss it again. Keep the bar tighter, something like that. Um, yeah, I think... And, um, yeah, sorry, you were saying... No, no, go for it. Well, I think that's a that's a really good point that you that you bring up. And, and you know, we always talk about, and, and society always talks about now as well, about being present in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're doing. Sure. And yes, that means trying to focus on what you're doing, whether that's, you know, while you're reading a book to read the book and not be on your phone, not have TV on the background, you know, not 
you know, those things, those external forces and external influences. But I think what some people forget about as well is, is there's also internal distractions as well and internal forces that pull you away from being present and in the moment. And, you know, when I'm training, when I'm on the horse, uh, whether that's, yeah, whether that's training or whether I'm, you know, spending time with my friends and family, spending time with you, like on the phone with my parents, or, or I'm on my own, I'm cooking, that sort of thing. Like, it, it's very easy for my, for my inner voice to start, to start banging on about all, this, all the things I'm stressed about, you know, all my worries, my concerns, things that make me scared, things that make me sad, make me angry. And then all of a sudden, I'm no longer on the horse, like I'm 100 miles away, you know, I, I might be sat there with you um, at dinner, but I'm, you know, somewhere else completely different in my head and that's something that I've noticed about myself and I think through through meditation um that has helped you know that 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 action of actively shifting my focus back to the present moment and back to reality like that influences pretty much um everything that that I do in my life and also what you said earlier reminded me I've been watching um the uh, netflix documentary series drive to survive about formula one the new season and it's it's sick i highly recommend it but um there was there was uh, one thing that the um manager of of mercedes of the mercedes team said that really struck with me and he basically said you know because mercedes obviously has been winning for the last seven years with lewis hamilton but their last season hasn't been overly successful at times and one of the things they said was when we're winning we don't sit down and go like how the fuck did we win but it's when we lose we sit down go like why the fuck did we lose and that's what makes you better it's that reflective practice of like you say not just going through the motions as it were of the process and and you know your everyday day-to-day practice and that sort of thing but actually being mindful about it breaking it down how can we make this better what's working what's not working and quite often it's sort of bad experiences or or undesirable outcomes that prompt you to to break it down and prompt you to think about those things um so with that in mind like I think doing that, being mindful and being reflective as much as we've talked about how it's affected us and benefited us. I know that for myself, it was really hard to get into, especially in the beginning. And I'm sure that for people who aren't so familiar with it as well, it would be difficult for them to get into as much as they want to. So what would you say, you know, how, how would you, what were some tips and that sort of thing to start incorporating these things into everyone's lives and everyone's routines? I think uh, very much the same as everything. I always kind of go back to this brushing your teeth analogy where, you know, when you first start doing it as a child, you're almost guided to do that through your parents. And then eventually you build up that habit to make it so that it's just something that you do every day, you know, um, and it and it becomes a habit, which is the same as as eating well and training and and stuff like that. Is it's not always done by these big leaps. It's done by one small step after step, day after day, where it's ingrained into your life. And so, to I would say the the biggest tip that I could give someone would be just start. I know that seems like a really big cop out, but anybody can journal, anybody can write about anything. But if you don't start you're never going to do it anyway. Don't think, oh yeah, I'm going to write this really big plan. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The most important thing is you start and you have something to build off. You have now a framework. If you find it more difficult, the prompts that I generally tend to use are the three in the morning, which is kind of setting your intentions, setting your mood and writing down kind of goals in the to-do list. And then in the evening, which is my reflective practice would be really important for me, which is, how what did I do well today what did I do badly which for me has been an important one to acknowledge you know failures and and stuff which is you know something that I'm generally not very good at 
but I'm getting better because of the fact that I'm I'm better able to acknowledge what's happened and how to deal with that if it arises again. Um, and then I've just started one more actually, which is what am I grateful for today? Like three things that I'm grateful for. And I think, I know that sounds super cheesy, but I don't know. I find that like, like you just mentioned that sometimes you can just kind of go through the motions and you, you are never really, um, in the moment, you're never really pr actually present. Yeah. I think that's really important thing to, to develop and to learn is the best things in life are never what you look forward to or what happened. It's what is happening right now and what this experience feels like. Yeah, man. Gratitude is so easy to miss, I feel. And, you know, and I've noticed this as well in the, the weekly check-ins that you have me do and you have all your clients do. But one of the questions is, what was the best part of the week? Mm. And in the description you're right it can be anything it can be anything small as in seeing seeing a friend or stuff like that and that just kind of makes you look back at, at all the things that have happened that maybe you've missed at the time and but then now reflect you're like oh actually yeah that made me feel really good that made me feel happy um yeah. and yeah i think that sort of gratitude practice is is really important mm. And then the last one that I've just started doing for me, which is kind of looking forward to the future and, um, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> the last question that I asked myself is what remains undone? And at first I was a little bit unsure about what I was actually trying to ask myself. You know, am I asking myself, did I not do the things that I told myself to do today? Yes, that's part of it. But also what remains undone could leave such an open book to what am I actually trying to do? What is my purpose? What am I working towards today, tomorrow, next week, next year, so on and so forth? For me, what remains undone is business stuff. You know, there's things that I want to do in life and there's places that I want to go. You know, there's things that I want to achieve myself. And so it's about the bigger picture of thinking and writing down those things so that you appreciate the process of getting to those things you don't just kind of go through the motions and then eventually end up at that point you now have weeks upon weeks of you saying that you were going to do this one thing and now you've achieved it so for me that has been the biggest thing of building that gratitude so that when it happens i know how damn long it took to get to that point you now have much more appreciation for that experience um so those would be the tips that i would use especially if you do struggle to journal would be use a couple of prompts it doesn't have to be as deep or as meaningful as mine but just get some information out on the page um yeah, yeah, man. So yeah. tips for you i know we kind of briefly touched on them earlier but the no i i think yeah i agree with everything that you've said and i think that's really helpful ways to get get started and get get you know get anyone into it and make a make a start to it and the only thing i'd add is as well is sort of accepting that it will be difficult mm. um yeah. and accepting that you're not gonna it's not gonna be like you're not gonna magically in a click of a finger just reap all the benefits after you write one page or you breathe mindfully for 10 seconds you know it's it's things that like we say it's like building blocks and it's creating routine creating a habit that will benefit your well-being over time and so for me it's that's something to it's really important to be aware of that because again it's the same thing of lining up your expectations of thinking oh i'm going to smash this like i'm going to be the best um at being mindful and it's going to make me a really calm and and yeah calm and confident person but then you sit down and you close your eyes for the first time and you can't even think about your breathing without getting distracted by literally everything else and that is very disheartening i, I can say for sure it's very disheartening for me because my expectations are too high and i wasn't aware that it was going to be so difficult yeah. um so I think that's something, and, and with meditation, like, well, I do recommend getting 
the book Waking Up by Sam Harris, it, it was a big help for me. And there's also some sort of practical, useful tips of getting into meditation as well. And I think to start off with, guided meditations are, are really helpful and really useful. And, you know, there are apps like Calm and that sort of thing that you can get. But there's also free stuff on YouTube that I'm sure are really helpful. And just to get you into the into the practice of of you know checking in and looking inwards and breathing and not getting distracted and things like that and it's it's like um you know when you first start out at the gym you might get a pt like to just sort of take you through everything and show you the ropes a little bit before you become a little bit more self-sufficient and you're able to have less and less guidance sort of thing um same thing with meditation and then with journaling that as well you know it it can be difficult to write down how you feel and you know I find especially at times that because I'd become so used to just bottling up and and just pushing it to the side and keep going on when I started actually tackling those issues and and those thoughts and feelings I was getting with myself and the reality of what I was thinking that was very difficult for me because that was sort of peeling back all the, you know, all the stuff that I was using to, to mask those things, yeah. mask those feelings. And that can be quite a, quite a, like, a, I'd say a, a raw feeling and you feel quite mm -hmm. vulnerable, but the beauty of it is that you're doing it with yourself. So, you know, making sure that you are your own safe space, if that makes sense. Like there's yeah. no, judgment there's no sort of negative or positive connotations to anything it's just what it is um because we all have feelings we all have emotions so we all have the right to you know feel the feels yeah. and you'd yeah. be surprised at how hard it is to be um open with yourself and kind of accept yourself yeah 100 uh, but that's the first the first step is is if you can be vulnerable with yourself you can allow yourself to be vulnerable with others because you're much more courageous you know you're you're like ah oh, shit it's not that bad if i can do it with myself i can do it with others yeah um, and i think yeah but, and and you know with the with the sort of guiding questions that you gave like i also do a similar thing and i mentioned it earlier with sort of the reality so reality check pull yourself back down to reality what's the situation what's going on externally and then what your values are so the kind of person that you want to be and that in itself by the way can take quite a while to find out so um yeah just bear that in mind and then perspective so what's the bigger picture here you know if things don't go to plan where does that leave us you know how and and something that someone said to me actually which helps with perspective is the seven rule so how is this going to affect you how is this going to make you feel in seven minutes and then how is it going to make you feel in seven hours seven days seven months seven years and that's that for me is perspective you know the more you zoom out the more you realize how small and insignificant things are and yeah so that would be my my top tips Love it, dude. Right, well, we'll leave it there because uh, that was fantastic. Um, so, guys, we hope that we kind of provided some good information based on our own experiences with journaling, reflective practice with kind of mindfulness, meditation. And we really hope that we kind of provided you with some helpful tips and resources that you can now take away and use in your everyday life. If you do want any more information or you want to ask us some questions, please hit us up on both our Instagrams. I will plug the link down below uh, and, you know, feel free to reach out even if you obviously you have our WhatsApps, whatever, but yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. So Yushwag, do you want to plug where people can find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am at yushon.su.eventing. On Facebook, I am yushonsueventing. And my website is suyushoneventing.com. What about you, Connor? 
Mine is at Connor Stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we was also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time.